Hey guys, welcome back to Mommyhood Redeemed. I am here with my good friend Vanessa. And we are so excited that it's almost Thanksgiving. We are expecting a giant snowstorm over a foot of snow tonight into tomorrow. And my kids are so excited to go sledding, especially in uh, during Thanksgiving break. And it looks like we might have a white Thanksgiving here, but how's life over there in North Carolina, Vanessa? Sounds fun. <laughs> it's good over here. We are adjusting to our seasons. Um, I don't think we've ever really experienced a true fall. So this has been fun having cooler temperatures, um, crisp mornings, and yet the sun's still out. But it is a little cold for the <laughs> Southern California and me, um, but my kids are loving it and they're praying for snow. <laughs> I think that will make their life. So hopefully we'll have a little bit of snow at some point in the near mm-hmm. future. But um, as we have just been praying and thinking through what the Lord would have for us to do for this next podcast, Lauren and I just both felt led to talk about something that we've both been kind of wrestling through and praying for wisdom and grace in um, as we parent. And that's just knowing, really knowing and celebrating who God has made each of our children to be. I think as a mom, it's so easy to want our kids to be a certain way. And really that is a lot like how we are. Or if it isn't, it's trying to fit them into some mold of who we wished we were um, at any given age. Whether that means them having a talent we wish we had, playing a sport or an instrument really well. Maybe we weren't given the opportunity to do that, so now we want our kids to do that. Um, For them to be really good in school, and the list just goes on. And then they're just personality traits that we so badly want to cultivate in our children. Sometimes that might be you know, we don't want introverts. We want our kids to be extroverts. So everybody likes them. Um, and deep down inside, or, you know, we admit it or not, we really do want our children to be liked by both adults and children the same. But here's where I think the Lord gets involved in our hearts. When we read Psalm 139, which is the classic, you know, um, verse on Christ, our God making our children, we find out that it's God who has fashioned and formed our children into who they were meant to be. He is the one who has given them their personality. He's the one who's given them their talents, their abilities, their struggles, and the strengths and weaknesses that they have is not a surprise to him. And not only um, did he make them the way that they are uh, for him, but also for us and to refine and to sanctify and to encourage us and to make us more like Christ. Um, As of late, I feel like a little light bulb has went off in my head that the Spirit has just kind of been prodding my heart and teaching me this reality that my child, whichever one it is, was made in the image of God and not me. Mm. And my goal isn't for them to be made more like me or more like who I want them to be, but rather to be made more like the one who made them. So what then is our job as a mother with regards to who God has created our children to be? How do we cultivate within them this Christ-likeness with their varying strengths and weaknesses? And how do we celebrate those things in our children that are difficult? Um, Maybe the things that we want, but, you know, and they might be good, 
and just the way that God made them. First, I think it starts with our heart. We have to check ourselves and make sure that before we even begin to understand who God made them to be, our hearts are right. We need to make sure that, you know, we're seeking to train them up in the way that they should go and that we are wanting and desiring them to know the Lord and to be more like Jesus. But oftentimes, you know, our motivation can be elsewhere and we have to make sure it's not. Are we wanting to train them up so that they don't embarrass us? I know I'm guilty of that, you know, in a store. My goal isn't, oh, I'm hoping for a training moment here. It's, oh, I hope you don't embarrass me in in this public place. Or maybe are we trying to train them up so that they're going to be successful in something, whether it's, you know, school or a job one day or a sport or whatever in the future. Or maybe we're training them up so that they might be more like how we want them to be, whatever that looks like for each specific child. Um, I'm just going to use a real life example here without mentioning any one of my kiddos' names. But this is just something that the Lord has really convicted me over lately and really brought me on um, to my knees over. One of my kids, more than one, but just one of them that I'm talking about, is very different than me in a lot of ways. And although, although they are uh, similar to me, too, a lot of good things that God has designed them to be are just things that don't really coexist well with the type of person that I am. My type A organized, planned, orderly personality um, just kind of clashes with a lot of the personality traits of this specific child. And for a time, bro, I was striving so hard to try and fit them into this mold, my own mold, to try and correct and fix the way things were done or not done. And although these things weren't sinful, because at the end of the day, it was just bothering me because it didn't. It didn't fit with how I did things or how I wanted things to be done. But what God really showed me so clearly was that I wasn't trying to help this child become more like Christ. And I wasn't trying to see their differences in light of who he had made them to be and how those differences actually were good and beautiful things when cultivated right. Rather, I was just trying to make a mini me. It's almost like one of those, you know, shape sorter toys that my kids had when they were little and you're trying to put that heart shape into a circle and no matter how hard you try and hit it against it, it's not going to fit in there. And not only I, I think was I doing harm to our relationship because of it, but I was also quenching this beautiful creativity and gifting that God had given this child because of my own selfishness. All that to say, you know, my heart just wasn't in the right place. It was all about me and not about my job and duty as a mom to point my little one to Christ and to really help train them up in the way that they should go. Oh, I love your example because that's definitely something that I've done and do almost on a daily basis, trying to make a mini me instead of Christ. And after our heart check, we need to be students of our children. We need to examine, watch, and seek after knowing the hearts of the ones the Lord has entrusted to us. Do we know their strengths? Do we know their weaknesses? And, you know, this, this one seems to be much easier to do than the others, doesn't it? Um, do we know their passion, their talents, their skills? Do we know their love language? Do we know who God has made them to be? And obviously for most of us, our children are still small, but there's so much to learn. You can identify as they grow into per- their personalities, areas in which the Lord has made them different than you or similar, 
and ways in which you can come alongside them to help them grow. As we study them, we will start to find their strengths. What are the things that the Lord has given them that can be redeemed for the glory of God? Maybe it is a gift or talent that they can use to the glory of God. As they get older, we need to prayerfully direct them in that way, teaching them humility and that God is the giver of this good gift, and it is meant for His purposes and glory. We want to cultivate and develop these strengths within them. Side note here, their strengths, as Vanessa mentioned before, may be something that you know nothing about or don't find interesting or whatever, or maybe they make you uncomfortable. But mama, this is who God has made your child to be. Find the beauty in that and help them see God in their strengths. We need to teach our kids that their gifts, their strengths do not belong to them. It is so easy in our culture and in our humanity to want the glory. It's all about me, me, me. But we need to teach them from a young age that those gifts and talents and strengths are just that. Gifts from a good good father who has given it to you for the glory of his name. Teach them to ask good questions. How will this glorify God? How can I use this for the furthering of the gospel? How can I keep this from becoming an all-consuming idol in my life? And so my oldest son has been a huge gift to us. He has a very, very tender, excuse me, tender heart for all people. And he's asked questions about people he sees that look different than him or maybe sleeping on the ground or asking for money since he was about three years old. Um, The homeless population in Denver is large and he just loves them with all of his heart. And it's a love that only the Lord can give. And now at seven, he has put his love for them into action and, to be honest, I haven't been around homeless people much in my life. So when he asked if we could raise money to make lunches and hand them out um, to homeless people, you guys, I was uncomfortable and intimidated. It wasn't my gift. It wasn't, it wasn't quite what I was wanting to do. But the Lord truly put this on his heart, and he really wanted to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the homeless. He put together a lemonade stand with our help and With the proceeds, we bought items to make lunches. We made about 50 lunches, and um, then we went down to Denver to pass them out. And he was so full of the Lord's joy. He loved handing out lunches and talking to all of them. He loves Jesus, and I love that he has taught us to love people more. What a humbling experience that has affected our lives in a way that has given us a love for the homeless as well. And we just praise God for this little example of Jesus and my son and all glory to God. And it is so fun to celebrate this gift that God has given him. And, and then as we study them, we also need to know their weaknesses. As I mentioned before, it's often much easier to identify these, but we need to go further than just say, I know, you know, this child struggles with X, Y, and Z and really get to the heart why does this kiddo struggle with these things? What's going on deeper inside? Where is the heart issue that needs to be addressed? And the beautiful thing about the gospel and about the way in which God uses his people is it is all about weakness. God wants us to admit that, to come to him weak and weary, 
knowing we can't do this in, in our own strength. And it is in our weakness that he can be made strong. And this is what we need to teach our children. When we identify a sin struggle in their life, we can come to them and show them the power of the gospel that they can't overcome this temptation without him. It's so just such a beautiful thing. And oftentimes it is those very weaknesses that the Lord redeems and uses for amazing things in the future for his glory. And as mothers, this needs to be our prayer that he would take those broken things within our children, those struggles and redeem them for good. Know your children, mamas, study them inside and out. What makes them tick where they are strong and where they are weak and pray that the Lord would use you to help them use both those strengths and weaknesses for the glory of his name. So good. And then just along those same lines, we need to celebrate who God made them to be in both those strengths and weaknesses in their strengths. We can praise them or praise him, the father and ask for wisdom in directing that. And in their weakness, we can praise him and rejoice that he has given us the opportunity to come alongside them and to help them in this battle, to help them see Christ and the gospel and prayerfully to be used to draw them to him. And what a joy it really is for us to be able to come alongside our kids when they're doing well and to rejoice with them and to praise the Lord with them for their strengths or their talents or their abilities and to find great joy in knowing who God has made them to be, even if it is different from us, and knowing that those skills and talents are purposefully designed by God for his work. And as we know our kids more, we need to be more and more on our knees. What a blessing that we get to be the ones who are on our knees interceding for our children, coming alongside them and praying for God to work and to move and to intercede to come with our husbands and to lift our kids up to the Lord, knowing that ultimately he is the one that's at work in their hearts. And then just on a totally different note, practically speaking, I think it's so important to make sure that we praise our kids often. This is one area that I've been so convicted in lately of, and just really trying to work at. I even set a reminder on my phone to remind Mm -hmm. me daily just to praise my kids. I think we are so often just quick to correct them, to instruct them and redirect them, which are all really good things. And in the little years, there's a lot of it. It seems constant (laughs) some days. But on the flip side, how often do we notice the good things? How often do we praise them when they make that right choice and they fight that temptation or, you know, they exhibit self-control or they're selfless or whatever and just praise them for making a good choice or celebrate them for who God made them to be? Um, you know, do you find a way to encourage your kids on a daily basis? I know if I had somebody coming around pointing their finger at all my flaws all day and never said anything encouraging, it would be really hard. Um, do we notice when they're using their strengths for good and point out how that honors the Lord and serves others? Do we recognize again when they say no to temptation and fight that weakness that they might have just head on? Um, And like I said, I'll be the first to admit that I notice when my kids fail and miss the mark. And I often don't praise them when I should. Just um, earlier this week, I was watching my five-year-old 
um, just kind of from a distance. And she, all on her own, uh, took the time and the patience, I might add, because it takes a lot of patience, to help her three-year-old brother um, put on some socks. He was having a hard time, and he was really frustrated. And she just went over and, with grace and patience and kindness, helped him put them on. And she did it with such a happy heart and with such kindness, far more, far much more kindness than I have. Mm-hmm. And it was such a sweet reminder to me of the Lord working in the lives of our little ones. Um, and I made sure to praise her for her efforts and just to praise her for the kindness that she had and the patience she gave to her brother and for the example that she was to me. I would not have responded the way she did to the way that he was acting. Anyways, she just beamed. And those words of encouragement, really, mamas, they do wonders for our children. They are often going to propel them to do more good deeds of service and to help others. Oh, that's so sweet. She's so sweet. And the beautiful thing about all of this and celebrating the children in your care is that you are setting an example for them of how to encourage others as well. You're helping them to see how God has made everyone unique and different, and yet with distinct purpose, that he hasn't called us each to the same tasks and ministries and passions, but rather that he uses all kinds of people with all different strengths and weaknesses to build his church. And what a beautiful thing this is. Amen. That's so true, and it's such an important lesson for each of us. So thanks so much for listening today. We look forward to continuing on this journey with you all as we seek to redeem mommyhood every day for God's glory through the power of the gospel.